You are listening to audio from New Life Foursquare Church, located in Harbor City in Norwalk, California. Today on our Norwalk campus, we are delighted to hear from our special guests, Pastors James and Terry Kraft. For more information about their ministry, you can visit them online at jamesandterrycraft.com. I want to introduce to you James and Terry Kraft. They're ordained pastors in our denomination, the Foursquare Church. They've dedicated their lives to writing, to coaching, to speaking on behalf of families. Um, They have a passion for the the generations that are up and coming, so to speak. Um, They have a burden to make sure that that we are healthy as people. Organizationally, relationally, in your marriage, uh, with your kids, in your relationships. So they're, they're all about health and recovery. Um, they have a ministry of healing and restoration. And they love, they love to work with people. And, uh, you know, there, there are times when the healing that we need in our lives, God, how many of you know can, God can do that in an instant? Like we believe in divine healing. This is why we pray for it every Sunday. If you're sick in your body, that God can heal stuff just like that in a moment. You can walk out of here completely whole. But how, how many of you know, too, that sometimes healing takes time? Like sometimes healing is a process. And the kind of ministry that James and Terry have uh, been engaging for, the, for a number of years now is the kind of healing that takes you on a journey and through a process where God begins to heal the deep places of your soul and your relationships with him and with others. Um, James holds a master's degree in executive leadership with an emphasis in conflict resolution, which means that they never fight. Or, or at least he resolves it really quickly. Or does, do you resolve? I'm not sure. <laughs> but uh, there's an emphasis in conflict resolution team building. He's a certified executive and recovery coach. He's a member of the Townsend Leadership Program. Those of you who've read the book Boundaries by Townsend and Cloud, Cloud wrote that as well, yeah? They co-authored that. So there's an institute that they have in Dallas, and he's a part of that institute right now, is getting uh, trained there. Terry has been trained in pastoral marriage and family counseling, and she holds, or she's, she currently holds a master's in counseling uh, in progress from the Townsend Institute as well. They've also, uh, they're also entrepreneurs, and they founded this project called the Novus Project. They have some material on it in the back uh, there in the foyer after the service. But the Novus Project is a nonprofit organization that brings awareness, tools, and support to schools, like the public schools or any school, and families regarding the impact or the negative impact that media has on our society. And so um, they're very concerned that parents have the awareness and the tools to be able to parent their kids through all the, just the, the sometimes the chaos of the digital culture, okay? Um, they speak, they lead recovery groups, they coach individuals who are navigating addiction, betrayal, and loss. Their very own story is a story of addiction, betrayal, and loss, and a story of recovery and hope and renewal. They've authored a book called Exposed, which they're going to tell you about in a few moments, but perhaps uh, the most exciting thing and perhaps the most important thing about James and Terry is that they love Jesus, they love each other, they've been married for almost 27 years, 
They have three beautiful girls, children, and they are serving uh, Jesus faithfully. So would you give a warm, warm new life welcome to Pastors James and Terry Kraft as they come. Good morning. How is everyone doing today? It's beautiful today, isn't it? We've been so excited to see this weather come back. Is everybody awake yet? <laughs> Have you had your coffee? Is that right? Is the coffee is, yes. the, is the morning little, little pick-me-up, right? And we're here. Wasn't that incredible to see oh, little man. ones and young ones just worshiping Jesus? Uh, because we see in our world today so many young people they don't worship Jesus, but we are seeing something of uh, the church leading the way with young people saying, no, I'm going to follow the Lord. I don't know about you, but I was really blessed by that. I was very blessed, And too. I was led into the presence of the Lord in worship. And so who here received a lot in that time? Anybody here? Yes. Hey, good, good. All five of us. Praise <laughs> the Lord. All right, good, good. <laughs> well, it's so good to see you guys here. We are, it's James and Terry, and uh, yes, we have been almost married almost 27 years. 27 I years. Know. I'm starting to feel old. I know. Okay. And our anniversary is on a special date. It's called 7-Eleven. That's what our anniversary is. And so uh, when we have our anniversary, if I ever miss that day, I am an idiot. I'm sorry. <laughs> 7-Eleven, you can't. I messed that one up. Um, but we go to 7-Eleven because they give free Slurpees on that day. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. And we hate Slurpees, but we just want something it. for just, free. Just you for know? the picture. So, yeah, it's kind of fun. <laughs> but we're so thankful to be here with you. You know, it was great yeah. to drive. We live in Thousand Oaks, uh, so it's about uh, 60, 70 miles away from here. And the other day, when we, Friday, when we came down here, it was over th- almost three hours to get down here because it was during rush hour. Rush hour. Uh, yeah. Today, eh, about an hour. It was awesome. Uh, but to come, we were preparing our hearts to come and share with you a message of hope um, that I believe, we believe, that the Lord has for each and every person here today. Mm. And our prayer is that you would just allow yourself to be a vessel, to be filled today, uh, to open yourself up and to receive today what the Lord has specifically for you. Amen? Absolutely. Well, we just want to first start off by giving honor to the Lord. Because honestly, I'm sure there's someone here who can say the same thing, but there's, it's a pretty super, super, super crazy miracle that we that we're even standing here today. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that there's someone here who can say the same thing. It's a miracle that I'm here today. And so I want to give honor to the Lord before we go further uh, because he is worthy of praise. And if there's anyone in this room who feels a little bit of doubt or even just, just maybe a little, you might be a little angry at God right now because of circumstances. I just want you to know I get it. We get it. Mm -hmm. And I want to encourage you that God is who he says he is. It's sometimes hard to see some things in the midst of it, but he is who he says he is. And I'm telling you, one of the ways we can see who he says he is is by watching the the faces of those children as they worship because he's reproducing that that excitement and the joy right in our midst, and we don't want to miss it. Mm -hmm. But James and I, we do have a story, and we have walked a road, and and I often will, will say to people, yeah, I have a big T testimony, and it's like huge. Like if I, you know, if I was like, you know, really, really cool and I wanted to wear a big necklace, it would be, have a big T on it. Because my first name's Terry, but then the other part would be big T testimony because he has been faithful in the midst of the trials. And I know that some people here can say yes. Mm-hmm. But I also know that in a room this size with as many people as seated today, 
would be there someone here saying, God, I, I haven't heard the answer yet. And I'm feeling maybe scared. Maybe I'm feeling hopeless. And I want you to know that I understand that because I have experienced that too. And I see you as well. And I want you to know that you are validated in that place. And you belong to a wonderful community here. Your pastors and your leaders here are incredible. We travel all over the world, and we've just loved your community in both places. And both places we have talked on the way home going, gosh, it's just a great, it's just sensitive, sweet time with the Lord. Yeah. And that, that's special. Yeah. So thank you guys, yeah. because you're ministering to us too. Yeah. But I know, again, that there's a lot of people in this room with lots of stories, but we do have a story. Mm-hmm. And when you hear it, you'll know what I'm meaning when I say I have a big T testimony. But there is very strong message that James and I bring anywhere we go. And the first is, is that there is hope and that you're not alone. Isn't that great? Exactly. And so we can say that there is hope and you are not alone. And sometimes it's hard when we're in the midst of things. Um, Pastor said that we talk about health and healing and because we understand that in order to really sometimes get right up there into the, the place where we feel like we're really walking in the will of God, we have to understand that there have been barriers to get there. Yeah. And sometimes those barriers come in relationship issues, things that have happened to us even when we were back and we were little. And we have, to, we have to look at them face-to-face with the power of the, of the Holy Spirit and say, yes, Lord, you have a plan for me. Mm-hmm. So there is hope, and you are not alone. One thing that the Lord did w- for me when I was in the midst of my trials is he called to me from my future. Does that make sense to anybody here? Kind of a different, different concept. But see, I couldn't see my future. I was going, it's over. See, I was, I, we were pastors of like mega church, you know, things and, and running national ministries. And so I thought everything was really great, even though it was really stressful and hard. And we weren't really getting along very well in our relationship. And there was lots of problems there, some that I didn't even know about. And all of a sudden, I get a confession that my husband had been unfaithful and that he had been struggling with an addiction. And I thought my life was over. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, have you ever been in the place where you thought everything was sort of planned out until you met Jesus face to face and you're like, this is good. Even though I might be completely feeling like I'm bleeding from the inside out, right? But I didn't care because I had a plan. And all of a sudden it was interrupted. Mm-hmm. And I sat there and went, Lord, everything's over. And he said to me from my future, follow me and I will restore. And I thought, Oh, really? That's really scary because it seems like everything's over. And the Lord said to me, guess what? I know your future because I'm already there. And I'm going to call to you from it. And I'm going to say to you, don't give up. Don't give in. Follow me and I will restore. And I thought, okay, what are you going to restore? Everything that I wanted on my list that's now been taken away? And he said, just trust me. And he ended up restoring so much more so much more. It doesn't look anything like it was, but it's so much more. And so that is my encouragement to you today as we sort of unpack our story. Wow. Can we take a deep breath? Okay. Because as you hear a story like this, it might stir up some things in yourself. Because yes, I was the one who was unfaithful in our marriage. And we were pastoring 
It happened while we're pastoring. Um, I was the one who had the addiction. I had the addiction to pornography. And so it was something that gripped my heart since I was a little boy. Uh, I first got exposed to this when I was in fifth grade in school. Uh, somebody showed me a magazine that was uh, it, something triggered inside of me that just had control. It's claws on my life all the way through adulthood. And so it was something that I had that I was so ashamed of that I know that as I walked through life, I knew in my mind, this is what I thought, this was my reality, is that no one would accept me and love me if they knew who I really was. That's what I knew. It's a false reality. It wasn't true. Because it, this is where I believed a false reality. And so what I didn't know was the truth of what God had for me. And so I was pastoring, and we kept on growing, and larger churches ended up in Hawaii. Uh, there was a very large church out there that we were pastoring. And there is where God allowed and loved us so much that everything came crashing down at one moment. We lost everything except each other. And God says, now, I want you to listen because I finally got your attention. You don't have a position. You don't have any influence. All you have is each other. And I want you to listen to me, and I'm going to guide you through a healing process. May I say to you today this, is that I know that there are people in this room right now, you are in the same place, maybe that not at that degree, but you are in some place right now you're hiding, holding, because of the shame that has kept you there for so long. And today the Lord wants you to be free right where you are so you don't have to hold back any longer, and you can be your truest self, but it takes you trusting him in the midst of it. Can I hear an amen? This is amazing where God comes and he meets us in the, in the midst of our pain. And he walked us through this journey. And we went through a one-year process of, of, of healing. We spent four to six hours per day on our healing process. Now, I don't say that for everybody, but that's what we did. We walked this and we did one year of this straight. And God restored all. May I say all? Are we pastoring a mega church anymore? No. We get to go speak at the mega church all, all over the place and the different churches all over the place because of what God has done in us. And we're allowing, we've been allowed now to allow our lives to be a megaphone of God's hope for broken people. Can I hear an amen on that? There is a broken world out there that God has called all of us to go and to serve and love. And so we worked through this, and as we did this, I'll tell you, when I was exposed for my sin, all right, I'll tell you as the, where I was, there was a shame on my life that kept me mute and it kept me isolated. I compartmentalized my life so well is that I had this dark box in my heart that I kept secret. And when I felt scared, or I felt rejected, or I felt pain, I would pull that box out, and I would apply it, and it make me feel better about myself. And then when I was done, I would put that box back, and I would go and just praise the Lord and say, everything's good. It was a, it was a, a split personality mentality where I was one thing, one, one area, and another thing in another. And I could tell many people in our world today are living the same way, and there's no freedom there. Because you're being torn in two to be in two different places. And the Lord today wants freedom for all. Can I hear an amen? It might not be with pornography. It might not be by marriage betrayal. But there's some secrets inside our lives that God says, I don't want you to have secrets any longer. I want you to have transparency. I want honesty. I want vulnerability in you so that you can be who you are. Can I hear an amen on that? We say amen a lot. Is that all right? 
Because I want to hear, are you in agreement? Do you hear where we're coming from so we can stand together? You know, in this process, we met a person on our journey of our healing. And we don't know her name. Uh, we just read about her. And we can't wait until the day we get to go to, uh, to heaven to meet her. Um, but it, it, we found her in Luke chapter 7. And I'd like for you to open your Bibles, if you have your Bibles with you. Or if you don't, pull out your phone, go to, go to the Bible app and pull it up there. But I'd like for us to, to read a passage of Scripture today and to help us connect with grace and a new beginning. We want to see how God wants to do a new beginning in all of us. But I'm going to put this up here on the screen, so if you don't have your Bible, you can follow along with it on the screen here. But Luke chapter 7, verse 36 through 39. Before I read this, I'm going to ask you to do this today. I'm going to ask that we don't read the Word of God for text. I want us to understand the Word of God for transformation. Can I hear an amen on that? We get so much information given to us every single day. We desire transformation, and the Word of God can bring transformation to your heart today. So you've got to allow your creativity and your mind to be able to go there and put yourself in the scenario, in this picture, in this story, not just hearing us read Scripture today. Put yourself there as one of the characters as is being described. Okay, so let's read this together. I'll read out loud. It says here in verse 36, one of the Pharisees, his name, his name is Simon, invited Jesus to have dinner with him. So he went to the Pharisee's house and he reclined at the table when a woman who had lived a sinful life. Can we all say the word sinful? All right, we're all there. Okay, we're all sinful beings. All right, we're human beings. All right, in that town, learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. She brought an alabaster jar of perfume and she stood behind him at his feet weeping. She began to wet his feet with her tears. So you can only imagine what was going on inside this woman. I can understand that pain. I can understand the rejection and the judgment. I can understand it because I was there. But I see this woman having an encounter with Jesus, all right? And it says here, Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. But when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is. Because she is a sinner. See, I like to stop right there because if we go on any further in Scripture without understanding the context and understanding the truth of what God has for you, you'll just come in today, we'll sing some songs, we'll hear some Scriptures, and we're going to go out the doors the same as we were as we came in. That is not God's plan for you today. God's plan for you today is for you to come in in the presence of the Lord with other believers and walk out a different person. Amen? So that we can go be a light into the world that needs Jesus desperately. And I want us to look at these two people. One is the, the Pharisee, and I want to also look at the woman who was in sin, as we described it here. We understand that both were untouchable. One, the, the Pharisee was untouchable because he made himself untouchable. All right? But this woman was untouchable because of her sin. Nobody wanted to be around her. She was isolated, alone. And all of a sudden, we see two people untouchable. So Simon the Pharisee, we have to see what he's done here. He's invited Jesus to his house to set him up. They're trying to tear him down. They're trying to take him out, okay? So this is an evil plan of the Pharisees to really to see what expose him for the false prophet that he is, all right? And it's not a friendly invitation. But we don't know a lot about the woman. See, it says she's a simple woman, but we obviously go into prostitution, that she was a prostitute. 
But we don't know that for fact. So we go off of what Bible scholars say she was. Typically, they say that she was in prostitution. That's what she was doing. Okay? So we're going to look at it as a sexual sin. So, but we know about the Pharisee now. We kind of know about the woman, but we don't really know her name. You know, but here's the key here. She was defined by her sinfulness, but right in a few minutes, she was going to be redefined by forgiveness. May I say to you today that some of you walked in with sin in your life that has defined you in the secrecy of your own life. And today's God's plan for you is to redefine you by his forgiveness. You've already been forgiven. Can I hear an amen on that? Oh, come on, church man. We're alive today, all right? You've already been forgiven by the cross. What happened at the cross is one and done. It's done. We just have to receive that forgiveness today. Can I hear an amen on that? This is important for us. And so we can see that Simon knows who she is. Now, i got to be honest with you. This is where my mind goes, and, and Terry's going to take over here in a, in, a, in a minute. But my mind is a little confused. When I first started reading the Scripture, and we met this woman on our journey, I thought, you know what? How does Simon know this woman so well? How do these men, because there was a bunch of other Pharisees there, and there were servants there, because Pharisees, they had money, all right? They were, they were wealthy and resourced and so on, and there was a big party, and how did this woman get from the street through the front door, which they would have a host there welcoming everybody, and then they would wash their feet, and they would do all the custom, the custom things there. How did this woman get through that and then get through all the other religious leaders to the guest of honor? And then at the feet, and never once is she addressed. Never once. How did she get there? Was she familiar with these other men? Do you think maybe, see, this is where my mind goes. I have to read through Scripture, and i got to read it in context to see what's going on here. Why is it, this story so important? But there was sin in this house. She was no different than all the other men in this room. No different. The only difference was is that she's at the feet of Jesus. She's at the feet of Jesus seeking forgiveness of her sin, while everybody else is there casting judgment of her sin. Does that make sense? So wherever we are in life, we are, because we understand this, is that we have to understand that God is in the business of bringing forgiveness to us today. Can I hear an amen? So that we can experience a new beginning. I can tell you right now, when I was able to confess with one another, I was able to heal before God. This is a good day, guys. A great day. And today, the Lord wants to do a new work in all of us. Well, we tell people all the time that when we go to heaven, of course, we're going we're gonna to be in the presence of the Lord, and we're going to see, you know, all the greats, like there's Paul, and there's Moses, and we're going to just, like, cut through the crowd, and we want to meet this woman. We're like, we want to meet her. We don't know her name yet. But what, what, the reason why that she touched our heart so deeply when we were walking through a process of recovery was because it was a real, real story that we could put ourselves into. And so we encourage you, as you read the Word, to really put yourself into that Scripture, just as we did, and impact us greatly. But she taught us a few things, and we lived it. So it's not only about reading the Word, but it's about applying it. So when I'm hitting the wall, like we all do sometimes, when things are hard, we hit the wall, 
then we have to apply some of these things. And what we noticed about this beautiful woman is first that she pursued Jesus boldly. Now, as James mentioned, she got there. She had to go through quite a few barriers to get to Jesus's feet. Now, let's think about it contextually and culturally. I mean, there were lots of barriers for her, not only because of the stigmatism, but because of, you know, just all of the other factors that that would place those hurdles in front of her. And so there was a boldness there. So there are things in our life that seem really hard, aren't there? It's like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I remember sitting on the floor in my bedroom after pretty much all of our friends, except a few, said sayonara because now you're not the cool, you know, people that you used to be. And we're not going to—I got unfriended by these people when I needed them the most, right? And I thought, I can't do this, Lord. I can't do it. And people even got more mad at me when I said I was going to walk this out. That doesn't make sense, right? So there's there's a wall there, and it was like the Lord came upon me, and he spoke such deep tenderness to me. And he said, I know that you can't do it, but we can. And so I said, oh, you're right. You're right, God. We can. We can see anything that is in front of me that is hard, that seems impossible. We can do it together. And I took one baby step at a time and one baby step at a time. And I watched my husband do the same. One baby step at a time. He said, no, I will not let the way that my mind used to work before, the things that I'd put into it, uh, the the ways that I used to deal with my pain and and the uncomfortable things that come. I'm not going to go and medicate that way. I'm going to use now honesty and vulnerability and relationship and the power of God to help me do that. One baby step at a time. So she showed us, you can do this one bold step at a time. And the other thing that she showed us is that she surrendered humbly. You know, it takes a lot of humility to show up as yourself sometimes. Now, I'm not talking about the Facebook post Mm -hmm. or the Instagram post or the thing that we try to tell people we are when we know inside that we're, we're feeling conflicted there. No, I'm talking about the person we are walking in the room and saying, this is who I am. She's saying, I'm walking in as the sinful woman. You all know. But the thing is in my heart is that I don't want to be that person anymore because Jesus is going to give me a way to be who I'm really truly called to be. And so in these places where she says, I'm going to have to humble myself to get to that, that place that I told you where Jesus said he's calling from our future. So she humbly had to do that. You know, it's really hard to be humble to say, I don't have all the answers. James said, I don't have all the answers. So I had to get with some people who do. I had to get the counseling that I needed. I have to show up to the, to the recovery groups, right? And says, this is what I have to do for 365 days. This man just showed up every day. And you know what that did for me? I said, wow, I can start to trust him one mig, like, millimeter. What's the smallest increment of, of measurement? Millimeter? Let's we'll say inch. How's that? Everybody yeah. understands that. <laughs> He's like, an inch sounds better, but it was more like a millimeter. Yeah. But it took one millimeter at a time. And, but, but it's because there was humility there to say, I can't do this, yeah. but Jesus, you can. The next thing that she shows us is, is that she presented herself honestly. 
And honesty was very important. Because, you know, when you're go- going through a, a, a season of recovery, whether that's a, you, whether it's your marriage or even physically, let's say you just had surgery or something and you're trying to go through, you have to be honest about what's going on. And so I had to know what's really going on in your heart. And so we would learn how to, how to, to walk in that honesty. And I had to learn as a child of God that it wasn't honest for me to pretend like everything was okay when it wasn't. Because I'd gotten really good at that as a pastor's wife. That everything was just fine. Everything was just fine. But it wasn't inside. So I had to find safe people that I could talk to, that I could teach, or that I could help m- myself learn yeah. that it was okay to be honest. That's right. And the fourth thing that she taught us was that she presented herself, whoop, that she worshiped wholeheartedly. Sorry about that. So she worshiped wholeheartedly. So when you see this in the scripture, and I encourage you to go home and read it again, it said that she was at his feet crying. So there's, there's suffering here. And she's using her hair to wipe his feet. I mean, that's, that's pretty wholehearted. She's holding nothing back. And, and so what I would love to do this morning is just close your eyes for like 10 seconds right now and just picture anything in your life that you have put in front of your relationship and the transforming power of Christ. And I'm telling you, as one who's walked a journey, it is not worth it. But it's hard to get there. So I'm just encouraging you as someone who's gone before, yeah. before, that we need to live wholeheartedly with Christ. Yeah. And so the barriers that are there, let's get with some people and walk together arm in arm and say, there's no barrier worth it yeah. that separates me from the wholehearted, yeah, free right. living. We spoke it right this morning with those kids. There's nothing. And, what, and, and when we realize that, there's no barrier, we walk through it, guess what? We are free. That's and not right. only that, but we are free indeed. That's right. And so we spoke that this morning. So I'm just encouraging you guys this, this morning to hear that from me as well, uh, that there is no barrier worth it. Yeah. I stand here with my wife today because what the enemy meant for destruction, God has turned for the good. Amen. But the enemy meant for utter destruction. We have three beautiful daughters at home that had to walk through our challenge. They saw it firsthand. Mom and dad, they knew exactly what was happening. Everything was disclosed. They knew what dad was addicted to. They knew what dad did. They knew what it was doing to the marriage. They walked through the healing process as well. So I don't just talk about what happened in myself or Terry or even just us, but it happened in the craft family, a restorative process. And let me just say this here today is that now we have cut off the head of the enemy because no longer will he have control of our legacy and to our kids and our grandkids and beyond. Because we have stood up today and say, Lord, we cannot do this on our own, but we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen? And so it doesn't mean that it was easy, nor will it be easy, but it's something that we're called to do today. And so I'd like to look at this a little bit further because I want us to understand and really understand the, the scripture here. But, but the Bible tells us in Romans 12 that we offer ourselves to God as an act of worship, and then he transforms us into a new person. That's why it's so important as we come today, as we have little ones worship and lead worship, it's not just the songs that we worship with, but it's our whole life and being that we worship with. Can I hear an amen on that? 
So when we walk out the door and we have someone cut us off on the freeway and we want to give them one finger, we give them the one finger, one way to Jesus. Amen? Okay? We don't give them the other one. And we understand that we have to give Jesus to people rather than our sinful being. Because God wants transformation in us today. But I want to look at this because I want to get back to the story. Because if we understand this, maybe this woman can bring, uh, the story of this woman can bring healing to you. And maybe hope for you to take a next step. So let's look at this here in the next scripture. Uh, Well, I'm going to read it. In verse 39, it says, When the Pharisee had invited him, saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she's a sinner. See, the The Pharisee here only saw her as a sinner who deserved judgment. See, in a lot of us, we have a a pharisaical mind that we stand with today, thinking, I only deserve judgment for what I've done. And you keep that secret in deep inside, but you never run free. You never run free. But Jesus saw this woman as a woman who is in need of forgiveness. Oh, let me just pray today. God, let us be people that we would desire every day we wake up. God, we need a touch of your hand on our lives right where we are. So we never walk alone, isolated, away from your will. God wants it all for us today. So I want to look at this in verse 40 and 43 and see what he's saying here. Because Jesus then comes and he tells a good story. Jesus was a great storyteller. And he said this, Jesus answered Simon after he has this arrogant kind of response to Jesus. He says, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher. Just pride and arrogance all over Simon. He says, two men owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he canceled the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, well, I, I, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. So he tells this parable, which the point of which is that love and forgiveness go hand in hand. We cannot love our neighbor unless we forgive our neighbor. Can I hear an amen on that? And Tara and I worked through this process because she couldn't love me until she was able to forgive me and vice versa. And me as my hurt and my wounds came from my childhood till I can forgive those who hurt me, I wasn't able to really love me and myself. And so love and forgiveness go hand in hand. So I'd like to look at this a little bit further and see what this says, because in verse 44 and 47, it really opens up what this passage really, it's the, it's the gospel in the nutshell. So I get excited, I talk really fast, because this is it. This is really it. All right, verse 44, it says, Then he turned towards the woman, and he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. Pause there. You might think, oh, holy moments. Jesus, pure and holy. No, his feet were stinky, dirty. They had mud dirt all over him. 
They wore sandals. They walked on dirt, dirt streets. This was not pretty, people. This was nasty, okay? Does anybody understand what I'm talking about, all right? I'm not talking about your feet, but I'm talking about an encounter of a woman who says, I don't care. I just want to be with this man because he has something I need. All right, and it goes on and says here, You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much, but he who has been forgiven little loves little. Now, I want you to see this because all of a sudden we see this Pharisee who is dependent, uh, depending on his goodness to be forgiven and to move forward into heaven, all right? But here, this woman is counting on God's mercy to move forward. And I can only share this with kind of describing it because as you understand the gospel, you have to put yourself in the story to fully understand it. So my encouragement is for you to read the scriptures, not to read for content, but read for understanding. Because this story is so descriptive of the grace of God. And we have this laid out here for us to visually see it so that we can have transformation and walk in that freedom today. Amen? So I want to visually show it for you guys. So I'm going to actually pull this, this table back here a little bit. And Terry, I'm going to ask, can you partner with me on this story? Is that okay? She says yes every time. So uh, she's so kind. But Terry, I'm going to have you sit on the end of the, of the stage up here, okay? And Pastor, can, would you mind coming on up here, buddy? I'd like for him to come on up because I'm, I'm going to share this. And I need you to see the scripture in Luke 7 laid out here. And so I, I'm going to have you, I'm going to st- I'm going to have you stand. Is that okay? Because you don't get to sit. Um, this is... Uh, this is Simon the Pharisee right here, okay? All right, so, yeah, kind of pompous and, and arrogant, okay? So, Simon the Pharisee, okay? And now, I hate to do this, but she's the only woman on stage, okay? So she is the woman in sin, all right? So just bear with me, hang in here. And since I'm telling the story, I'm Jesus. Is that cool? Uh, it's he always way, gets to be Jesus. He gets to be Jesus, but I'm telling the story. So the bottom line. Now, you've got to see in the scripture, it says, now, don't get weird. It, this is going to get uncomfortable. But they would lay around like this, and they would eat their food. This is how they did. They didn't sit at a table. And so Jesus was laying there, and his feet were there, and she would come, and she was worshiping him by washing his feet. There was something going on on the inside to the point where her Tears were so overwhelming that she was able to use them as moisture to clean his, her, his feet. Then she took her hair, okay, that she, it was probably beautiful because that she, her beauty was probably one of her selling points, okay, took it and she took on the dirt of this world that was on our Savior's feet and she wiped them clean with her hair and restored his feet to the way they'd be clean. Do you understand that point? It was powerful to see what this woman was doing. She was desperate for what Jesus was to offer her. And so all of a sudden, it says in Scripture, you read it there in verse 40 and 44 to 47, it says, Jesus got up and he faced the woman. Okay, he faced the woman while talking to Simon. So you're Simon. So all of a sudden, he's looking at her. Now, the, the, the key here is that Jesus was validating this woman. 
See, many of us in our sin state or when we have sin and we have never told anybody and we live in it or maybe there's an addiction or there's things we're harboring or whatever it is, we're so ashamed that we would just like, ah, oh, I don't want anybody to know. But here's a woman who literally needed validation and nobody in the house could bring her validation or value except Jesus. And all of a sudden, Jesus faces her in the eyes, looks at her, and he says, Simon. He doesn't say her. Simon, do you see this woman? Simon, do you see her? Around me, right? No, no. But if you had to look through me, you don't see her. Do you see what he was doing? This is incredible. He stands between this woman and her accuser. And says, no longer, Simon, will you be able to judge her anymore. Because now you have to see her through me. Do you see this? And all of a sudden, he stands for this woman and says, now, as I'm looking you in the eyes, you can trust me because your accuser is behind me. And no longer will he be able to judge you. No longer will he be able to identify you as a sinner because now he's going to have to identify you as someone who has received forgiveness through the grace of the cross. And so, Simon, look at my back because my back is what's going to carry the cross for this woman. And this woman is free from this point forward. No longer will you be able to point your bony, bony finger at her and be able to judge her for what she has done because now she has worshipped me and she has loved me and so she is forgiven of her sin. Can I hear an amen on that? So we can all understand this. We can understand this. We have a hard time understanding this, that Jesus stands in the midst of your life between you and your accuser. Okay, now I want to take the story further because this scripture is unpacking what's happening here in our lives today and in the future. So all of a sudden, I, you get to be now God. God the Father, okay? So you graduated. Upgrade. Now you're not you Simon upgraded. and Pharisee anymore, okay? And I can still get to be Jesus, so yay, yay me, okay? And Terry is going to be Terry, all right? And Terry's going to come, and she's going to die someday, and she's going to stand here before God the Father and Jesus because Jesus is going to be at the right hand of the Father, it says in Scripture, on the great judgment day. All right, and this is where we get to understand how the gospel here in Luke 7, as we described, is going to be lived out on the days ahead. All of a sudden, God the Father is going to turn to God the Son and he's going to say this, hey, tell me about Terry. What has Terry done? And this is what Jesus does. He goes and go like this. He's going to stand in front of the Father. He's going to say, Father, you are the one who's going to bring judgment on us, on, on those. But you can't judge her because she accepted me. So you're going to have to see her through me, Father, because she has been restored renewed, forgiven, and healed. She is one of us. And they're going to stand back, and all of a sudden, Terry's going to enter the kingdom as one, restored. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you. I hope you understand and see the gospel for what it is. So we stand here today as a couple that had to go through a lot of hell. And I say that word carefully because it was. It was an all-out attack on our family. And I don't sit here today thinking, oh, yeah, we did it. No, there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. That's what we wrote a book about. I I encourage you to get it. If you're feeling it, it doesn't need to be affairs, whatever. Just 
there's a lot of pain in your life. Hear a message of hope. We stand here today, a couple who walk through a healing process, trusting Jesus every step of the way. My encouragement to you is you might be thinking, but I don't have my spouse with me. I don't have a friend with me. But you can stand here today in a healthy church with other believers who will say, come on, let's do this together. We work with couples and families from around the world every single day of the week to see the same healing power that touched us, touched them. But I believe the Lord wants to start something right here, right now. You, come, you came to church today not knowing what to expect other than I'm going to church. And today the Lord is saying, I've just been waiting for this moment. I've been waiting for this moment for you to hear the gospel, my truth, that would maybe bring conviction, encouragement, or even hope today. But today is a time of response. Amen? Would you mind closing your eyes at this time? I'd like for you to go ahead and close your eyes right where you're at. And I'd like for us to, to just take a step of faith. You know, you can never experience the fullness of God unless there's a risk involved. You've got to take a risk. And the risk is right now is letting go. And that letting go is very scary. You might be here and it's like, oh, yeah, good for you, James and Terry, but I don't know if I can. I, I, I just don't know if I can. And my word of encouragement is, is I said that for most of my life. And when I was forced to let go, it hurt. I wish, looking back, I wish I would have let go, but I didn't. But you have a choice today. It's to let go. Let go of the things you're holding on to. Let go of the secrets, the shame, the hurt, the pain, the trauma. And to open your hands and say, Jesus, please. I need your forgiveness. I need your healing. I need your touch today. If that's you, and right now, you might be sitting here. It might be some kind of addiction. It might be unforgiveness. It might be some challenges that you have with another human being, another person. It might be because your marriage is falling apart. Or it might, I don't know what it is, but you do. And your Father in Heaven does. But He's just waiting for you to let go and reach your hand up and say, I need you today. If that's you today and you need the fresh touch of God in your life, and you need to, he needs to meet you because you want to stand up and meet him. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand right now. And say, I need a fresh healing touch of Jesus in my life. Yeah, just raise your hand. I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Yes, go ahead and just keep other people doing it. And, I, and not to say you have to be a follower, but I want you to feel safe here today. That today is a place of healing here in this place. Raise your hand. Yeah. I'm going to ask you to raise both hands where you're at. Just go ahead and raise both hands. Can I ask the whole church to join us? Just go ahead and raise both hands where you're at. Because some of you might be like, wow, there's like 20 people who raised their hand. But maybe you're like, I'm scared still to do it. I'm okay with that. So just go ahead and raise your hand and receive today as we pray over you. Jesus, we pray for each and every person in this room. We are human beings. We have lived life and we continue to sin.
but your grace is sufficient for us. I know, Lord, that every person in this room has experienced pain, hurt, rejection, failure in some way or another. And I just pray right now, right where we are today, there would be a healing touch in every person's life. I pray that there would be a time right now where the church would stand up and say, no longer will I live in secrecy. I want to be honest. As it says in James, I'll confess my sins to another person so that your healing power can come in and bring healing, not just forgiveness. But Lord, we thank you for the forgiveness that you have given us through your son and the cross. But today, we desire deep, deep healing in our lives today. And I just pray, Lord, that each and every person is raising their hands. I pray that a little child would raise their hands to mommy and daddy. I pray that they would experience a fresh touch of acceptance in their lives. No matter where they are, where they've been, no matter what they've done or what they've thought, Lord, you bring acceptance and love right where they are. So no longer does our accuser point his finger at us. You stand in the gap between us and our accuser, and we can walk in freedom today. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about our church, please visit us online at newlifefoursquare.org. And feel free to make copies of this audio to share with others, but please do not charge for those copies or change the content in any way without permission.